Hey guys, it's Roy here, and you're listening to the Balance Meal podcast series. This is actually the first episode of 2023, and the first episode in a few months. Uh, been, I wouldn't say I've been in the desert, but you know, sometimes life has seasons. And this past season has been a season of a season of growth, season of change, a season of transformation, and just I mean, season of living a life with a three and a half year old. <laughs> but it's been good. And um, today's episode is the start of a few episodes. Um, of just an idea that I felt called to open up a conversation with. Um, you could say it's a journey of understanding. Uh, you know, the, the you know this podcast is called The Balanced Male. And how silly or ever I think the name is anymore. <laughs> I'm owning. I own it. And... I think what I want to start talking about is sort of balance with regards to just an understanding of, of masculinity and manhood. Um, what that means now in 2023, what it means for me. Um, and I've, I've, I felt a need and a, a kind of desire to understand this being the father of a boy and, uh, what I've observed in society and our culture with men and boys. Um, and it, and so I don't know. I just, I, I guess it's been on my heart so long. I got to start talking about it. And, uh, I brought a friend of mine on cause we have, we've had a lot of talks in the last few, in the last year or so, uh, brought my buddy Andrew. Um, he's been on. He's been on a couple times, and uh, he's actually this is this is his fourth time. Why don't you say hi, Andrew? Hi. Yeah. It's nice to be here. Yeah, this is your fourth so, time. Fourth time, but it's like episodes are in your thirties or something like that. Mm -hmm. So we're we're almost caught up with our age. You are. You are. I guess it's safe to say you're you're an OG. I'm an on OG. this podcast, I'm not an OG were, at many things, but I'm an OG here because you were the first dad talk I ever did. Yeah, I think I might have said that on every time you've been on, so <laughs> we just might need to move on. OG Drew, but uh, but I'm, yeah, I'm really glad to be here. Yeah, by the way, dude, I'm glad I'm glad it's here. I, I think that this topic of and I, and I also forgot to say we're going to be talking about like male initiation and things like that, but you know, just dropping that in slyly as we go, you know. But I think that this this thing is so big. But it's just something that's so big that I don't think it should be one person sharing as it should be, you know, us two just kind of conversating over what we've seen, what we felt, ideas we've had about that. Yeah. You know? Um <coughs> 
and a lot of what we're going to be talking about comes from a specific you know text it's uh this book adam's return and it's by an author richard Rohr, who both both you and i have mm-hmm. read yeah a few of his books we've talked about him before i think i mean i've talked about him on the podcast you know he his sort of idea and approach to like engaging with god and spirituality spirituality and religion and all of that has just been i don't know it it opened it opened my mind and my heart to yeah. actually to to be at a point to reengage yeah you know yeah he's and, he's he's definitely good at that and he's He's getting quite ill in his life, and he's certainly at the last stages of his life, and he lives in like basically a hermitage in New Mexico, and that organization he founded or co-founded called the Center for Action and Contemplation. He's yeah. a Franciscan father, mm-hmm. uh, Jesuit uh, priest in the Catholic tradition. But um, so when I'm already kind of like, my heart seems to be preparing itself. When he dies, I'm going to be like very sad. I'm going to be... Feeling like I have never met him in like individually, but I'll be feeling like I've lost like a very significant part of my family or something like that when he passes away because he's been that important to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that for me, what his books and his his sort of teachings have it's given me direction in a lot of ways. Um, I've been thinking about how like you know I'm I'm I left a lot of the church and those teachings. And then I, you know, I stumbled upon Rob Bell, right? And Rob Bell, you know, I think he was, I told someone that he, he showed me there was a door that I could walk through that like what I learned, there's other ways of like looking at things. But then when I opened that door, there was like everything but then through through Richard Rohr's teachings, it kind of gave me more of a direction. Yeah, that's a good one. And kind of started to like organize it better so that I'm not just like this. I'm not like, what we what do we call it? Floating in a sea of truth, mm-hmm. you know, with no like yeah. sail or rudder. So you're saying you rang the bell and helped you find your roar? I rang the bell and helped me find my roar. <laughs> yeah. Stupid. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so, so we're going to be talking about sort of initiation, male initiation in particular, and it's been something that I felt strongly about, um, just being a father and just observations of what I've seen in me as far as being a man in society, what I feel I'm imbalanced in what I feel like I, I'm needing, or I, I felt like I've, I've needed in life and haven't gotten, um, what I see around me with regards to men and fathers and grandfathers or what all of, all of that stuff. And I just kind of want to start talking about it. Mm-hmm. I, I, feel, I feel a need to figure out how to incorporate incorporate initiation into my into my parenting yeah yeah it's interesting to me this was one of richard Rohr's early earlier books yeah uh he, he's now in his i think mid 80s but this was written i believe 20 some years ago 
Hold on, I have the book in front of me. Okay, and it, and he was a prison chaplain in Albuquerque for like 16 years mm-hmm. after he had done some work with some youth in Cincinnati uh, in the inner city. And then he started leading men's initiation retreats mm-hmm. all over the world. And um, we actually met a guy in a coffee shop, you and I, many years ago at Three mm-hmm. Ships, whose name was also Andrew, who was on one of those mm-hmm. and told us about it. And, and I didn't realize they're still, they still exist. Little like groups of men will go away for a couple of days uh, around these teachings and practice like some, some, rich, some ritual initiation, not anything cultic or anything like that. <laughs> But uh, mm-hmm. as we'll talk about, I'm sure, in these conversations, like some practical nature-based, um, intentional uh, wounding of the male ego to rebuild it back up. Yeah. Some detaching from our, over, uh, our, our, our over-attachment to success and, and uh, mm-hmm. sexuality and tangible possessions and and uh, status some detaching from those things that will never take us Mm -hmm. into deep initiation into deep maturity and wise eldership yeah and they're like multi-generational groups of men who go and and do this together and i have not i've looked into trying to find that and i i I couldn't really find more i don't know if they've been put on hiatus or anything because of the pandemic and stuff but then they kind of like rebuild the male back up over time and help uh help like younger men and and i think older men too who missed initiation rights to find their way to find mm-hmm. find more centering more groundedness more of the pathway towards wisdom and collective and communal uh life as opposed to like hyper individual hyper consumerism driven just isolation yeah which is what i think a lot of us feel mm-hmm. and a lot of our kids are growing up in you know yeah i think um you know, he talks a lot in this book about how we're not a healthy culture for boys for men, or boys or men. And I think a lot of that comes to this idea of, you know, that we don't have a lot of elders in our lives to pass these the teachings on. You know, and it, and when when he's talking about these cultures, and I mean, it's it's kind of weird because we're talking about initiations, and you know, the first the first thought I think of when I think of initiation is going out to the woods, killing an animal with my bare hands, you know, drink, biting into its heart, drinking its blood, or something like that, and then returning, and then I'm now a man. Yeah. Or that just kind of what I've seen. You know. And so I, I don't think that's not at all what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think I'm talking when I talk about initiation and things like that, I'm talking about just it's an empowerment, I guess, for who we are. Um, it's 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 putting my it's that I don't know if it's putting myself in a position that like the only thing I can think of is like test your metal. Yeah. Does that make sense? I wonder if, if I could ask you yeah. a little bit. I think as if I was a listener and a listener of your podcast, th- that quote you said would really grab me. We are not a healthy culture for boys or men mm-hmm. um, anywhere along that line. And Roar goes on to say in that next sentence, 
because uh, I, I wrote it down because it's so compelling. We're creating boys who never grow up and want to marry mothers instead of wives. Mm-hmm. Girls who affirm who want affirming daddies instead of risk taking partners. Neither gender is ready for the work of a of an adventure of a full life. Mm-hmm. What do you What do you think? Like what? Why did you choose that quote? That that's been something you've told me several times in preparation for tonight. What is it about that that really strikes you, Roy? I just I don't think that I don't think we know how to handle I don't think we know how to handle boys. I think that you know, I've been a teacher for for almost 10 years. And I've got to observe a lot of I've got to observe a lot of situations and a lot of, and I've seen a lot of different types of boys, taught a lot of types of boys. But if there's one thing I think that I've observed in my teaching and in, I mean, I've worked in summer camps, I've worked in, I mean, God, since 2000. So it's more than that. It's probably like 20 years, 20 years or so working with the youth. I think that we look at boys as things to be broken instead of celebrating and honoring what that is. And now we're in a place with, I mean, this isn't the platform or the discussion to talk, you know, about this whole identification of what that means. But but I, I just, I don't, I don't see... You know, in public schools, they are forcing boys to sit down and not use what is inherently or genetic a part of our psyche. Like, boys are visual and tactile. Like, boys need that. But in the in public school systems, I see it as... It's just not a system for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that it's just this idea of or these wild animals that need to be tamed and then or broken as we get older, and then we marry, and then the cycle repeats. Mm-hmm. And we're not taught. Mm-hmm. what it means or we don't we're not taught essentially what to do with it except to repress it mm-hmm. and then it just it's never it never works it never works and so these boys that are broken are now men that are broken then they become fathers that are broken trying to father boys the same way that they were shown and the cycle just repeats. Yeah. And so I don't want that for my family in particular. I've sought to understand what I like who I am as as a father, as a man, as a person. And so I feel that 
there is an imbalance. Mm. So, yeah, we we've talked about this before, Roy, but there were in more primal cultural mm-hmm. cultures, ancient cultures, there was a collectively accepted um, cycle of mm-hmm. initiation that everyone agreed upon, and when they had boys or girls, he talked. Roy talked. Roy talked. Roar talks about girls kind of naturally having their initiation rites. Mm-hmm. And he lists some examples why that I won't go into. But with boys, the, the cultures had these naturally, collectively accepted initiation rites and rituals mm-hmm. because they knew that the boys could not and would not do it on their own. Mm-hmm. And if they did do it on their own, it would be disaster for the collective. Yeah. Do you think that, like, I guess my question there would be something like, how? Like you, you are obviously someone I would go to as an expert in because you've had so much time working with youth in mm-hmm. educational settings, in spiritual settings, in personal settings. How does a boy find that when there's no longer any collected cultural agreement upon initiation? In fact, it's even despised mm-hmm. in a lot of our Western, so to speak, enlightened culture we we what do you despi- mean despise Rick? I'm we, sorry to interrupt. we reject these ancient initiation mm-hmm. rites and some of it is because it yeah i'm just curious as to why this not it's not not only not there but it's almost rejected like uh, well i there's two things so i think one like were you saying like how do we do it or what well, do we go i guess to? what is what is a boy to do what is a well, father oh, to yeah. do i think a father first is this what we're doing? <laughs> I think a father has to understand. Like the smartest people I know, know that they don't know at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I think my dad was that way. That he he went to a lot of people. Sometimes to to I think to a fault because I think we were parented. <laughs> Sorry, I, I feel like I was parented by a church, not by my dad. Sometimes. But it's 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 the understanding and to go to that. So I think first off we have to. I mean, then I mean, there's there's levels to that. First, you have to break apart the idea that we're supposed to know everything as a man because we're not supposed to. But it's going to people. It's it's interacting. It's asking the questions. Yeah. Um, and then I think there's this feeling. So it's also that feeling of like you know how we go to like you start talking about emotions. And I think there's a fear in us that if we, especially with with males, if we start the conversation of emotions, it's just the dam's going to burst. And before you know it, we're doing like cuddle parties and crying all the time. Is that not how we're going to end tonight? No, oh. sorry. There's not going to be a cuddle party. I'm leaving. But, but like for that. But then there's this fear. I think that there's a real fear that I see that if we let the boys be boys... And that's not, and I'm going to say this now, that isn't what the negatives, like boys being like, um, you know what I say when boys are going to be boys? Have you heard that, you know, that phrase? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not the negative thing. It's just this idea that, that that boys need to move, first off. Boys need to touch. By What I mean by touch is like they learn by doing more than like women yeah and i've watched this in playgrounds all the time you can sit and watch if you don't believe me you just watch a playground the girls can handle 
listening to roles or reading instructions or things like that and then doing it that way. Boys just need a loose idea and then they just go off. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But I think there's a fear that both ways. So there's this fear that if we if we do that, if we honor that, like honoring means that we just let boys do whatever the fuck they want to do. But that's not what but that's that's not what true no. initiation and what I'm saying is. Yeah. It's just honoring the things that is a boy. Same thing as honoring what it is to be a girl. Yeah. It's honoring the masculine and the feminine. Yeah. Does that kind of answer the question? I think you're really on to something. Getting curious, like not being afraid of the boy, uh, the boy and Mm -hmm. what the boy will do and how Mm -hmm. the boy is oriented in the world. Like why is there fear there? there? I have a question there. Ideas that come up that I think is very important in the conversation, but hard to talk about Mm -hmm. is like, what, what about like, you know, everyone's talking, well, some circles talking about gender norms and... Um, and how a boy, toxic masculinity, which Mm. is definitely a thing, but I think only because there hasn't been any taming of the ego. It's just been allowed to just kind of be its thing. So it opens up to two things. One is the elephant story that I think we should talk about. Mm -hmm. But the the first thing is, you know, in, in chapter 10 of this book, Roar talks about a man's soul is divided into four parts. You know, you have the king, the warrior, the king, the lover, and the wise man slash magician. And so in us is all of that. Um, but I think what's happened is this idea that all boys, there's, there's an imbalance in this because we're honoring. And I keep saying honoring because... Maybe it's like honoring is also accepting, but I think accepting, maybe accepting and honoring are different, but I mean, I'm splitting hairs here, but, but we focus on the warrior when it becomes, when it becomes boys, we focus on warrior, the boy is the warrior, the woman is the lover, but in reality, I mean, we all feel love. We all have emotions. So in us is all of that, but we focus heavily on the warrior part. That's all the boy's good for. Or the king. You know, if you Mm -hmm. go into Christian cultures, the man's the head, the king. So it's the warrior and the king. And then we don't honor and feed those other parts, the lover and the wise man. And And it just becomes it just becomes this thing of like all boys are going to be as that. Mm-hmm. They're just going to be this. They're just going to be wild. And yes, there is a wildness to boys. Mm-hmm. You have a you have two. Mm-hmm. When boys play, there's more yeah. movement. There's more action. There's mm-hmm. more, more contact. More contact. Yeah, definitely. And we fear. I think we fear that. especially in school because there's no space for that healthy space for that you know so then we just shut it all down but instead of shutting it down and saying like hey look at this we just 
Ah, that's all they're going to be. So we'll just tame them, and then someone else will. Yeah. Rohr says in his in his book, there is no ideal masculinity. Mm-hmm. There are many masculinities. Mm-hmm. What do you What do you take from that? Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, being a man is just. You know, people say that be a man, and essentially what they're saying. When they say be a man, like think about a time someone said be a man around you. Yeah. What was happening? It was like I was showing fear. Showing fear. There was there was something I didn't know how to do or I was embarrassed uh-huh. that I was going to get ridiculed in this yep. in the in the community or whatever. Yeah. Have you I've heard it when someone's crying. Yeah. Showing emotion. Emotion. Yep. Yeah. Hunting. Yep. <laughs> Often like I don't want to wound this animal. Be a man. Be a man, kill it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that's what being a man. That's and and to me that is a caricature. Yeah. That's the Ron. Like we talked about, we're we're, we're chasing caricatures. It's like yeah. that's the Ron Swanson or the Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Right. But I think being we can't we can't honor a caricature. Like I don't. I'm who I am. Yeah. I'm a man and, and and I think that being a man is not it's not what we've been saying. I yeah. think it, it's false. You know, I think when I think being a man like it, it's the whole reason why I started this podcast because yeah. what I saw as manhood was a man who cried. Yeah. Was a man who supported his wife who they were a team. Yeah what I saw was a man who could be in situations that were, would, you know, in like, uh, dramas or plays where he was dressing up and looking silly and putting himself in situations that other people might've felt uncomfortable and being secure in who he was from what I observed. Yeah. To me, that was manhood. You're talking about your dad, my dad. Yeah, Yeah. I'm talking about my dad. So I think, manhood when it says there's no ideal man because we're all different i mean there's things that we share yeah because we're a part of what was before us like we all are genetically yeah something from thousands and thousands and millions of years we're a product of all of that and so i think there's something genetically in us that that like i mean you know that's a whole nother episode yeah that says manhood but i don't think that like when they say be a man, it's usually a caricature and it's not truth. You so are you saying something like the the image that culture gives us because that's really all we have now. Yes. Our institutions uh-huh. aren't telling us what healthy ego as a man looks mm-hmm. like as they used to. Mm-hmm. And we talk about not blaming the institutions that that's maybe also another conversation another time. But our institutions used to de- used to be part of defining that for us, and yeah. they no longer are meeting our present day time and and wisdom and conscious to do that. Yeah, no. And I... we're just in this time of postmodern, post institution, institutional collapse, whatever you want to say. Not to say that they're going to be die or we should burn them to the ground, but they are going to need to be reformed. We're in a time of reformation, mm-hmm. um, so we don't have a guide, a north star necessarily. Uh, a lot of times pointing out what ideal masculinity is. And he's saying there is no ideal. It's There's many masculinities. And I really like that because it 
It invites you into an opportunity to say, okay, what are the cultural messages I'm unconsciously taking in? That, mm-hmm. that these are how I should raise my boys. And I need to kind of really be mindful of what, what those are, unspoken values that I'm using to parent. Because that has never been helpful to me mm-hmm. um, and have been had to be careful about having mindfulness as a parent and how I raise boys and my daughter. Um, but it's been a challenge because there's not conversations like this, bro. This doesn't happen enough. And mm-hmm. there's not enough wise elders around my kids. They don't have exposure to older people very much at all and very little, very significant exposure. It's it's sad. I mean, I, I really find it sad. Um, so, so that's, yeah, a, that's a deal for me on like oh. what is masculinity Maybe maybe it's like I've I have too simplified a version of it, and it needs to be broadened out a bit. Um, we that I think you you hit a good point where you're saying that we've oversimplified it. We've oversimplified everything, and we've taken it into two 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 lanes. You have man and a woman, and for for ever this is what the women did. This is what the men did. This is what you're supposed to do, and in primal cultures there was a need right there was a there were different needs than we have now right in primal cultures it was consistently hunting or being hunted so you have to act accordingly right mm-hmm. um and so we you know that's that's nothing that i think should be like looked at as I mean, you have to understand that, but but where we are now is not that. Yeah. But but the talk of masculinity is always feeling like, or to redefine it, it looks like an attack. Yeah, it does. I think I think where we get to that is it looks like an attack. You're trying to trying to pussify all the men. Yeah. And these like little creatures that are just but can't do anything. And I, I, you know, if you could just shut up for a second, you'd understand that I think <laughs> if people just are talk. just trying. We're just trying. I think what Pete, like the women are saying, like if we're, if we're going to go there for a second, it's like they're just like, no, we just don't want to be looked at as objects to be conquered, you know, or that, that we're less Women than. are saying that yeah. about. That's what I'm observing. How, how maybe. men have treated women. Yeah. Do treat women. Yeah. You know, and I think, no, we can't like say stuff or talk like this. I mean, men's got to drive these, you know. I'm, I'm even talking in a caricature as well and generalizing. But yeah. But any kind of redefining of things, is it's like a paradigm shift. It's always going to feel like an attack. Yeah. You know, and I think that I'm not, I mean, I don't. <laughs> I don't I'm not trying to like do anything. I'm just trying to understand. Yeah. Cuz I don't think it's working. Well, why don't you introduce us to the five uh principles of initiation or the five paradigms of initiation that Roar explores? Cuz I think this is like a good segue to talk about what we're we're all confused like There's where not, this is going, like where this whole conversation is well, going. Well, no, no, no. I'm talking about in a broader sense. As dads, yeah. we're confused. How do we? Yeah. How do we do? We we need some we need some structure to consider mm-hmm. that is has perennial wisdom to it that captures some of this primal wisdom that yeah. they had. That's, mm-hmm. They weren't all buffoons. They had some real intentional reasons why they had these annual ritual routines 
for their young men and women. You know. Yeah, yeah, and so I think that that so let's, we're going back to the the initiations and things like that. And so what the quote that that I'll I'll, I'll mention the quote and then I'll talk about the five truths because he said initiation is not about being a warrior as much as about being conscious, awake, and alert. Conscious, that, awake, awake, and alert. And alert. I think that's important to like really. Mm-hmm. Not about being a warrior. So a warrior is not conscious, awake, and alert. Or you're talking about warrior energy, which is more conquering. Yeah. So like we think about, so think about when you would like, if you see a movie or an image of initiation, it was a rite of like, now you are, you are, you're strong, you're the man. And it was always what I've, what I've seen in movies, initiation led to, led to war here. That was it. Mm-hmm. Braveheart. Yeah. Or Braveheart or, um, you know, you get, or I think of, uh, what's, oh, um, 300 Sparta. Yeah. Yeah. That's the kids left in the wild to be the fighter. That's all they were. They were bred to be the warriors. So that's what initiation is. And then, and then men, and we get attached to that. I mean, there's been a, I mean, hundreds of, of books and things about initiation as Spartans. Mm-hmm. But I think he says about being conscious, awake, and alert. And I think when you think conscious and awake is understanding that conscious of who you are, right? You're more than just the fighter. You are also the king. You are all. You can also be the leader. And that's problematic because if you focus too much on the king, that means men are supposed to be the leaders, right? Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to talk about the king because that I'm not trying to the last thing I'm trying to say is men are the head I think a king is I'm still wrestling with what that means for that because I do feel like I don't have an understanding of what that means as a king Yeah, because but I don't think what he's saying in the book, Richard Rohr is not <laughs> is not a teacher that means men are men no, and yeah, women. He's not. It is about, you know, everything. And and I think as because this isn't the only episode we're gonna do this, we're you know, there's gonna be more, and I hope that I can figure that part out because I wanna tread lightly. Because the last thing I've felt about life is that I have to be the leader all the time. Absolutely. I think that it, it's 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 not a hierarchical relationship. It's not. You're saying that's kind of insane. Yeah, but but it's an awareness that there's all of this inside you, and I think you have to be conscious of that because we're more than that. I think it's silly to think that we're just we're just these binary things. Yeah, you're just a warrior. And that's it. But you're all of it because we all, I mean, we have feelings. Yeah. We have emotions. Well, I like the distinction between a warrior is necessary. It's important. And, and we're not saying it's not. We're saying that's a predominant archetype given to us as men because we don't know what else to do with, with mm-hmm. this untamed energy that you're speaking of that I think is accurate. But to be awake and to be conscious 
is not the same as a warrior energy. With the warrior energy, you're focused on one thing. That's conquering and killing or yeah. conquering mm-hmm. and defeating, right? Yeah. And that's a necessary energy at times. I mean, if your family, if, if someone breaks in your house tonight, you're, your warrior energy is going to come on because yeah. that's all, you have one mission, protect. You know, mm-hmm. the new Avatar movie? Yeah. Um, my, my job is to protect. That's even another reinforce. But to be awake and to be conscious is to grow up out of your ego consciousness and to grow into more collective consciousness. Yeah. There's not just you, Roy, or just me, yeah. Andrew. Mm-hmm. We're part of something broader and we grow up into it. One of the things Roy, one of the things Roar, Richard Roar talks about a lot is the work of Ken Wilbur, who has these four wonderful, helpful things about what we're talking about. Then you show up, then you clean up, and then you grow up. Oh, wow. And you have to go through these. This, that's, how, that's how you wake up. That's how you become conscious and awake. You wake up, you show up to the work you find when you awake in the reality. You clean up, and then you grow up. And so much of us get stuck at, well, so much, so much of us don't even get to the process of waking up um, to see that there's a broader thing besides just our hyper-individual self in this world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we don't get, uh, our boys don't get a chance to do that either. As they grow up, they're just reinforced that it's like their ego is the most important thing. Now you just, you just buy buy, buy, and you just, uh, you know, you just work, 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 and just kind of follow along the status quo. Yeah. And don't be too crazy. Well, yeah. And if, if, if we're not, if we're not shown what to do with all this through community of wise elders, I mean, this is from the book too. I mean, we're going to find, we're going to seek whatever we find that looks like it. And it is like what you're saying, buy, buy, buy. It's usually not something that's healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, I was talking with someone about how we, how much time we spend on Call of Duty. Yeah. yeah. You know, how much time we spend like idolizing football players and yeah. these people. And I don't want to minimize sports at all, but, you know, I don't know. It's like we spend most, we just seek prestige, perks, and possessions. Dude, this is Super Bowl, like the eve. You just, <coughs> you just entered, entered sacrilege territory. Man, I, I honestly don't care. <laughs> so, talk about warriors, bro. That's what celebrating warriors. That's what I that mean, game is. I am so happy that there's not, that I don't use that. Look, and you, I don't care if. I don't care about sports. I don't care that they're around. I don't. I also think that it's fine. Like I, I think that there's, there's cool stuff in sports. But man, like these, these everybody, so obsessed over this. And I, I, I'm just glad I don't. I'm not obsessed over it. It's just like more brain space for something else. And someone told. I heard someone say that sports is war masturbation. It is. It is, man. So that we can get our get our energy out that you're talking about the man energy out on the on the on the field instead of, but it doesn't seem to be working because yeah. obviously there's a lot of taking it into the streets and into mm-hmm. the the lesser countries and and dominating and conquering. I mean, it's still there. It's just man, like I don't know. 
it's just it's so much i just have the older i've gotten the less and less i've i've cared about football and also so you used to care a lot about it no no okay. i mean i hate it okay, but so i think you started less and you were like but i mean lesser. look man i married a chiropractor and when they talk about head injuries and yeah, spinal that, injuries that, they talk that, about football that's real. the worst but, but anyway we're we're getting <sighs> i wish i had married a chiropractor that's pretty smart yeah man it's great um but see man you got us off topic now now it's football but it's like that's what like if we don't have guidance we're gonna find it wherever we can find it Mm -hmm. you know and i'm sad that my dad isn't around to talk to jasper Luckily, Jasper has two other men that are have are pretty dope, pretty decent, you know, grandfathers. They love him and talk with him and share their life with him. And, you know, I'm grateful for that. But, you know, I had a little bit, you know, I had I had a grandfather that I mean, he didn't die until like he died a month after my wedding. He's like 97, 98. And he was a, I mean, he, he had it all upstairs. Hmm. He wasn't like, he, he died because of mesothelioma. It wasn't a, you know, other things like that, but he was cognizant. He was, you know, living a great life and just the mesothelioma, you know, he worked in, he worked in boilers. He, he was a merchant marine. So he was up in those and then he was worked for insurance agency and he was climbing and, a lot of boilers and stuff and there's a lot of asbestos hmm. and so because of that you know it just caught up to him yeah but he would I, I remember lessons with my my grandfather we used to have um he used to call them in services and he would he would put a bag he would put a bunch of tools in a bag and then he would pull them out and we'd have to name what they were nice you know little stuff like that or he would talk to me about when he was in his garden. Um, he was the one. And I remember he told me I should always have gum in my pocket so that my breath my breath will smell good. And that if, you know, when I talk to a girl kind of thing. But, I mean, it's just little stuff. But I think that, like, on a whole, like, I don't know. I just wish that he had that. And that's something that I think. Hmm my my church kind of had um i mean it definitely became there there weren't a lot for me but like there's at least two or three two or three older men that i had and it just was because there was the church mm-hmm. um you know there's our camp director and he looked to me like someone like that. There were a couple guys. I remember even as I left the church and was was trying to date my wife, talk to them about stuff. So I had maybe, maybe I had a little bit of this, and maybe that's why I'm here and engaging with it because yeah. as I moved, there's there's just I don't know like, yeah, I think we have to build it. Maybe, well. You know, Roy, we know your story, all of us listening, because you've been so honest and courageous uh-huh. to share it, which is a beautiful thing, bro, which has really helped 
probably way more people than you can understand uh-huh. or understand. But you had a pretty, you had a pretty traditional, so to speak, guardrail um, for a long time. Yeah, and then and that kind of corroded for you, mm-hmm. and it, it sounds like it needed to. And now, like many people, um, well, some people didn't even have that growing up, but they had some form of that. But now it's like you're you're post, yeah, post Christian mm-hmm. or whatever. You're not saying you're not, but whatever it is um, that you'd call yourself, you're no longer following the kind of fundamental uh, guidelines that the, the church tradition that you had. Was, was teaching you and masculinity was embedded in that yeah, what it, it means to be mad uh-huh. according to their version or their view of the Bible or their view of Jesus and it's important <laughs> to delineate that it was their view of the Bible yeah it was their view of Jesus it was not necessarily maybe it, yeah it was a view so you are in this position now where you're like okay well Jasper like I definitely don't want that per se like you would not want Jasper to probably have much of the foundation you didn't not from your dad per se your parents but from that you know spiritual yeah i don't want him waking up like i do every day feeling like he doesn't deserve anything because he's a bad person because we're all inherently bad and terrible things yeah definitely not yeah i don't want him to have that you know the crippling crippling feeling and, and afraid of his body afraid yes, of sexuality yeah that's not what i yeah. want yes i yeah. get what you're saying uh-huh yeah so you're like you have been so open to us um, and we're privileged to hear it. Like your reaction to some of that is very real, yeah. And yet you're you're really trying hard, uh, and it should be celebrated what you're doing. Like you're really trying hard to move beyond the resistance and reaction to your upbringing and mm-hmm. the, the the hyper fundamental tradition, Christian tradition of that, and yet still embrace some of the good of it. Yeah, because because there's we 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 need. The wisdom from the people above us. We need wisdom of the elders. Because the elders have gone through it. The elders have such such a more expansive view on life because they've been in it longer than us. Like that's just the plain and simple truth. Someone who's eighty has has seen a lot and can look at things at an elevation that someone who's twenty needs to hear. Mm-hmm. You know, but we, 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 you know, in church, I think the beauty of, of that, which is why <laughs> I think it's not all bullshit, <laughs> is because you're given, you're given a community. And I think we need a community. And he talks about yeah. it in the book. Yeah. You can talk to many people in this world, in this life, and we, mm. the need of us is a tribe, is a community. Yeah. Like we, without a community, we're lost. It, it might be really good to get a wise elder on this podcast. I'd be really into that. If you guys are listening and know somebody or you know somebody, I, I, I bring know somebody. somebody. I think we should try to make that happen. In the next episode about initiation and male yeah. initiation, we should talk about that. This goes back to your original mm-hmm. thought about what, what you can do in this kind of weird environment we're in. And I think that's like, if you can have some authentic exposure to some older folks, a couple generations yeah. before you, mm-hmm. uh, ideally, have, have if you're in your 40s, have some real conversations with folks in their 50s and then 60s and then 70s and 80s. Um, 
as much as you can. I think you would you would you would learn a lot. Not that they're all perfect or even they're all still also struggling with what initiation because they weren't. Yeah. Um, but it could at least it would be helpful to be a curious, humble questioner of their yeah, life man. and story. I and, mean, it's it's needed and it's terrible how we treat the old. Mm-hmm. You know, we're essentially putting them on an ice block it, and it is. kicking them out to the ocean. That has something to do with this conversation. Like, yeah. we're so afraid of death, mm-hmm. which is part of what we're going to talk about in this series. Mm-hmm. Um, we're so afraid of death that we'll just lock it away. Their, their mortality freaking fuck scares us out. I, I didn't make sense there. Yeah, man. The whiskey's talking. But it, it scares us too much, so we'll just put them away because being around them makes us think of our own mortality, bro. Yeah, man. Nobody wants to think about they're going to die, but, you know, there's this there's this song by Jason Isabel in the 40 unit. I think that's what he says. It says, if we are vampires. And so it's this whole story about this guy singing to this woman. If we were vampires, um, I'd quit holding your hand. If we were vampires, we'd just sit around and smoke cigarettes and... Hold on, I'm going to, I've got to get the lyrics to this. Okay. Because it's important and it's, because it talks about, or maybe I should save it for when we talk about the truth. Because the five, so Richard Rohr talks about, there's five, five truths to initiation. The first one is life is hard. The second is you are not important. The third is your life is not about you. The fourth is you're not in control. And the fifth is you're going to die. So I think I'm going to save the quote. But anyway, I'll save the lyrics because it's really cool. But I mean, it talks about how like the beauty of life is that it's going to end. Yeah. And it helps us to savor the moment. And so part of our plan together or your plan together in some way, shape, or form is to introduce... It's our plan because you're a part of this now, Andrew. Yeah, so I just, just didn't want you to it. feel like obligated. Nah, man. man. You're, so we're in part it. of our plan together, and I'm honored, is yeah. to talk about each of these in a, in a significant way. Yeah, And, I and think, possibly yeah. even bring a wise elder in yeah. at some point. And each of these, I think as we go through this, I mean, this is sort of the opening to this conversation, and, and we're going to enter into one of the truths, you know, in a few minutes, but... <laughs> there'll be more structure. There'll be more about sort of like we'll have a tight, loose fit as how I call like this, the podcast realm of, of the truths and things like that. And we'll get into it more. Yeah. Um, because yeah, this is just basically the whys, the hows, the, you know, why are we talking about this? Mm-hmm. You know? And, mm-hmm. um, but I think that like, the need for initiation is important, I think, but also the need. But they looked at it as this idea of like, and maybe you remember where it was like, you know, as a kid, you're given all of these things in this this village. Like you were taken care of and all of this stuff. But then you're initiated and now you get to participate. And that's the most important thing. To, to the to the village mm. you are now a participatory person yeah. in yeah. the the health and well-being of us well, yeah they say you 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 bring back like the hero's journey from joseph campbell you come back with a gift 
yeah. to the community. But the best gift is that you are no longer a boy. You're a mm-hmm. man. Uh, meaning like, you know, you, you've, you're in control. You're, uh, you're part of the collective. You're, you, you know, you're not always in the conquering energy. Um, yeah. You know when to turn that on and off. You know what I mean? You know how to cry and play and be like a child. Yeah. But yet you have a mind that likes to be fed and grow and learn and um, there's humility. I mean, we're talking about a lot here, but that was a part of the gift of the community that needed the structure yeah. needed mm-hmm. it to survive. Yeah. And so my hope is that as we talk about this more, we'll figure out or at least, I don't know. I'm always about the search is the the most important thing. Just searching for it mm-hmm. is powerful. But but like what, how to incorporate an initiation into our lives? What would that look like? Yeah, for us, you know. So so you're saying not only talk about it on your podcast, but actually practice it on your podcast, or 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 take or it like from the find podcast. a way to because like I think about like. You know, man, as a kid, right, when you knew how to do something, that was powerful. Like, when I learned how to change a tire, I felt strength, you know? Like, if something were to happen, I knew what to do. Last weekend, I fixed a door and a gate, and I was on top of the world. Yeah, (laughs) it definitely is a good feeling. (laughs) And so, like... As a kid, learning things gives you power. Yeah. You know? And also, it was great. What was great about me learning it was that, like, Jasper was watching. And he was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm fixing the door. And it was like, what are you doing here? And I I was like, pointing. And then I fixed it. And it was just the coolest fuck. It's the coolest fucking thing, man to do that kind of stuff right you feel power and i think you feel like you could participate yeah and we i think we we need to participate in life we need to participate in this and i would love for for something for us to have like maybe it's a tangible thing yeah where it's a thing that we go on maybe it's us just saying i'm looking for a bunch of dudes to like, let's figure out what this is, bro. Wouldn't it be? Uh, I have some some thoughts just pop in my head. Yeah. It'd be cool one like do a podcast outdoors. Mm-hmm. What if you did it live? Mm. And what if you invited anybody to come, men and women, to be part of that? Or what if you had a podcast with a group of guys? Like I like the idea of making it experiential. I like the idea of having a wise elder or two, or whatever, a part of this conversation to yeah. be like, yo, mm-hmm. young buck. It's, it's not you got it all wrong because right now we could have it could have already been saying that I mean, like yeah okay this is great but here's reality you know the story of the elephants is important here roy well tell us the story of the elephants. all right so there was a tri- there was a group of elephants uh this is a true story i don't remember the exact location and the all of the male uh grown mature elephants were hunted and killed for their ivory and the the group of elephants was left with just the young males. Yeah, and they started running a running a muck across the the land, destroying farmland, destroying property. Just absolutely, uh, that young male elephant energy was just going crazy. 
And so they brought in um, some uh, some folks who understand what to do. And they said, okay, you need to get a helicopter, bring a couple of bull elks from this other herd, uh, you know, whatever, several hours away and have them there for a few weeks and just watch what happens. And so they did. They they flew in a couple of bull elks, fully grown mature elks, uh, elks, elephants, sorry, from another herd. And within a few weeks, all the young boy elephants got back in the line because the, the, the grown male elephants, I keep saying elks, elephants would like, hey, hey, just, hey, uh, 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 you know, they had little ways of indicating, no, no, this is your line. Stop it here. Wasn't, it wasn't major things. It was like a, yeah. it was like a head nod or, like or a, a stomping of the ground or, yeah, or it, a yeah, it their ears. It wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't like bloodshed or anything like that. Yeah. It was just like, yeah. Indications that you've crossed the line. You need to step back into your place. Like this is your container. You're mm-hmm. over it. If you, if you continue this, we're going to have problems. Mm-hmm. It's like a very strong structure. Uh, that was not aggressive, but that was very clear. I think that's a really powerful, uh, <coughs> powerful image. There's a reason we both love that story. From the well, I love it because on a primal level, animal level, it shows a need for boundaries. That even animals understand that there are boundaries and ways of being, right? And we, as humans, need to understand that there are boundaries, there are ways that we conduct ourselves in productive building ways, right? And without without wise elders, and I'm even saying like male or female, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, You just need people in your life to say, whoa, 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 hold on a second. Like, yeah. like our kids need us to say, hey, you're holding that knife in a wrong way. Yeah. Like, come on, let me show you. You're going to cut yourself. Or, hey, be aware of where you're standing. I want you to look. Yeah. yeah. That's a far drop. Come on back. Yeah. You yeah. know? Or what you said really hurt somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or, whatever. or like when you're wrestling. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's okay to wrestle, but look. Yeah. That kid's hurt. Yeah. What should we do now? Yeah. You know? In a sense, that's what all wrestling with our boys is. Yeah, like it is. Here, it's here's out. a healthy boundary we're finding together, and it's, it's a healthy thing. touch. Yeah. It's the same thing with how puppies yeah, interact with absolutely. each other. And with adults. Like, I mean, we are humans, but we're also animals. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, I guess this whole 58 minutes has said that we <laughs> need, minutes. A, we need elders in our lives. Yeah. We need initiation. We need not like the only way to, you know, we need to. We're on a search for initiation. Le- we're on a search for initiation, mm-hmm. search for love. Mm-hmm. Not love, learning. I'm in love too. Why not? Throw that yeah, in there. Yeah, we can do it. So <coughs> I think we have time to talk about the first truth. Okay. Life is hard. Life is hard. I, I feel like we should. We should not limit it just to what we have left, but we should talk about it now and then if it needs to spill yeah, over. Because sure, it's sure, so sure. important to understand this one and yeah. and in connection to the rest of the four. I think I was wanting to talk about this because <clears throat> just for me and like it just felt better to have like an opening and one truth because then it leads to like the next episodes that we can do. Yeah. Could be two truths and two truths. It just feels more balanced. Indeed. You know? Balanced male. That is what we're doing by the way. But like <laughs> life is hard. You know, there's, there's so many songs that are about that. Like, 
life is hard. You know, there's the Sturgill Simpson song, life ain't fair and the world is mean, you know. Um, but the quote that I have under here is like, we do not handle suffering, suffering handles us. Yeah. So what do you think about that truth that like life is hard? Okay, I'm going to read another quote from him that I find extremely profound sure. and a little bit a little bit uh, shattering to our Western mindset, which yeah. this truth, all of them, but this one I think maybe especially is is a punch in the gut to our sort of Western enlightened sort of arrogance. Well, punch um, me. In larger than life people, one common denominator is always found. In some sense, they have all died before they died. Mm-hmm. In fact, if your life does not somehow exemplify this full cycle, uh, you are merely helpful or interesting, but not yet when he says Mosel Mashalim, which is a master of wisdom. An uninitiated, an uninitiated ego becomes rigid about words and rituals when it lacks any real inner experience. It's talking about how it's talking about the the Christ mystery. Uh, um, he doesn't just talk about the Christian uh, life, death, and resurrection, or, or the Christ. He talks about the Buddhist, some of the truth that, that's in there too, and the Muslim in there too. But if you have not died to yourself, your small self you will be just kind of merely interesting and helpful, but not really ever a full initiated male. What the hell, man? <laughs> Why? Come on. That, yeah. That's mm-hmm. very offensive to our modern ears because there's been so much spiritual abuse around it that, yeah. that the church mm-hmm. has has positioned out. And the church has... I, I was a pastor for eight years, so I feel, I feel um, okay to talk about this. The church has has made this very domesticated in many situations to talk about uh, almost every week the life, death, resurrection of Jesus. But none of us in the church, you, you would be hard-stretched to find a spiritual community called a church, a Christian church in the West, that is actually taking people on, taking men uh, on ritual initiation where they can overcome the death of their ego. As Jesus says, uh, come and... Uh, Lose your life so you can find it. Uh, lose yourself. Yeah. And in mm-hmm. many ways, as Rohr says, the small self there, he's not talking about literal physical punishing yourself as some uh, radical sects of Christianity and others have taken it. He's not talking about physical punishment. He's talking about the small ego, the small self. Mm-hmm. If you don't lose that uh, and, and come into the big ocean, the large self, the collective, uh, you you will be ultimately destructive to the broader society. You'll maintain your warrior your warrior place and you won't learn how to be in collective relationship and how to be uh, how to be bal- in balance. Um, and I, I think that's like and and, I, and there's a connection to pain there. So it's yeah. I think it's important maybe to talk about like what does it mean to die to yourself as we're sitting here not not in a church right now. what what does that mean? in our modern world well i think you know for me when i think about like life is hard i think of death of ego i mean there's that's there's so much you can talk about the death of the ego but the ego is always in fight or flight mode so the ego's goal in us is never to get out of comfortability it's only going to get to what it feels is safe but everything is a threat to the ego you know, that's just psychology or it's like 101. 
like everything is an attack on the ego. And so the ego is never going to get a, let you go out of its realm where it feels safe. You know, like, I mean, that's why relationships are so hard. That's why life is, you know, so hard. Because we have this ego inside of us, which is, it's, you know, it's there. It's, I think it's important to honor the ego, but it's also important to understand that, like, everything is a death to it. Yeah. You know? And if you didn't have a healthy ego structure in the beginning, the, what uh-huh. he calls the first half of life, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's really challenging to overcome it because it was never, it never had it. Now, that's not yeah. saying there's not grace, there's not recovery, there's not healing of that. No one's, like, beyond redemption of that but it's important that we give our our boys and, and our girls like the a healthy ego to build into like he says all mm-hmm. children are fundamentalists yeah they yeah, <laughs> but the idea that is they kind of get you know, beyond that eventually well i'm thinking about how like we all search for comfortability we all search for safety and on some level, that's great. I love the fact that I have central air and heating. I love the fact that I have a car that's nice and works well. Paychecks are nice. Like, there, there's a healthy level of, like, seeking comfortability. Right? We all want to feel that. And that's cool. But I think we don't ever want to get out of that comfort zone. And... It's like why people go to safe relationships. You know, we want to go somewhere where we know we're not going to get hurt. Yeah. But when in any movie or in in life has really true life ever happened in that? Yeah. You know, um, I think I see, I see in kids this, they don't, understand that life is challenging in the fact of like how they react to a problem that they can't answer right away mm-hmm. i mean i've watched nine-year-olds lose their minds because they can't solve an addition problem yeah because but 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 what i'm seeing in that is not that it's like they don't get it at the core of their being the world is shattering down and I think there is this level that that always scares. Whenever I see that, it's like, whoa, that's 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 scary because like girl or boy, I mean, whatever, it's going to be a lot of these problems. And if you're, you know, if you're shutting down because of this, you, <laughs> you're in a world of hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, we and we have to understand that like life life is life is hard, life is suffering, life is pain. It's also great, it's also full of love and great moments, but it but this but life is also this. Yeah. And there's a deep I think maybe it's a deeper understanding of it that only happens through suffering. Like I didn't really know. Lo- I mean, it sounds cliche, but I didn't really know love until my heart was broken. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So, how do you help Jasper embrace the fact that there is no running from your pain? Um, um, as you hold the tension between protecting Jasper, but also like there's going to be some pain that he's got to experience. In fact, 
you need to you need to teach you need to teach it to them like this is one of the first lessons um and if not what happens to a young man who runs from their pain uh Rohr says that he just begins to seek self-legitimation and pleasure that's what he does that's all he knows to do if no one teaches a young man how to not run from their pain and to walk through the valley of darkness and everyone has that journey there's no one no human being is going to be immune from that journey right yeah well i mean that's the end that's the that's the ultimate and that's the struggle for all of us as, as fathers you know how do we do it because we have these beautiful amazing things that are in our care mm-hmm. and we don't want them to feel pain I mean, how many times have you sat up at night yeah. thinking about what's in store? And not, or just, just, you know, I watch him run and smile because he has a stick mm-hmm. and that pure joy and understanding that life is going to, you know, life is going to be life to him and it's going to mm-hmm. fucking suck. Yeah. But I think for me, right now, it's, all right, it didn't work. Whatever you're doing. Okay. Can we try it a different way? Yeah. Hey, take a breath. Like things that we do are like these little little things like Yeah. Just take a breath. All right? Try again. Yeah. It's that like thing. It's it's also like my wife always gets frustrated when he's when we do these little uh we have the highlights magazine. Yeah. And he can't, you know, and it has that little puzzle where you have to find the things in the picture. Yeah. And, like, she gets frustrated if I kind of point. It's over here. Yeah. Like, no, let him find it. Yeah. Find, let, you know, let the tension be there. On this, because to them, yeah, their, you know, their pain is that they can't find the sock in the yeah. picture. Yeah. You know? <laughs> And so, like on a on a on a core, I think it starts with those little things. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. You can introduce it in some ways. Yeah. But I joked about being married to a chiropractor. I'm married to a chiropractor too. And one of the gifts of that <laughs> world is uh, knowing that uh, okay, my child is sick. Uh, well, my wife knows how to help my child best. If we need to get to the point where there's medication, we will. But that's not the first resort. The first resort is not the absence of pain right away. The first yeah. resort is alleviating, letting the putting the body in a place where it can heal uh, at the best way it can. That's the first step. Yeah, and that's what they're trained to do. And I'm so grateful. That's that's a pretty ancient and perennial thing. Pretty yeah. wisdom that's been around. It's per, what the odd thing to do is to like put, pop a pill in them so that the pain goes away real fast. Well, yeah. the body knows what it's doing. I'm not talking about serious situations but the other thing that's interesting yeah, calm down everybody yeah have you ever it's been listening. in a situation we were at the park and yeah. you're the only dad and there's a bunch of moms uh-huh. and there's kids playing and oftentimes i find it interesting because the moms like it's it's very quickly they'll rush in to like solve a problem and i just kind of like want to step back and like all right so holden my six-year-old or, i'm sorry my eight-year-old just got knocked down He's not bleeding, no broken bones. He's he's on the ground, and there's other kids there pushing him. How's he going to do this? What's he going to do here? And instead of me rush, rushing in to be like, hey, you need to apologize, or 
you know, hey, buddy, are you okay? Like, let's see, let's just wait for a few seconds and take a breath and see how the response is. And then, of course, I'll provide lots of nurture after that's over or whatever. But it's interesting how uncomfortable that gets for a few seconds because the moms are like, you're being a deadbeat dad. You need to get in there. And like, that's not what they say, but that's kind of the, the yeah. energy, you know? Uh-huh. It is. It's weird. Yeah, man. It's, you know, I always, uh, yeah, man, I never step in right away. I never did it. Well, I do a little bit more with my kid because he's my kid. But it's hard because I want to I wanna see what they're going to do. You know, at at school, I would always wait. I always, I always tell people, like, I'm just looking in for their eyes. Like, I look in the kids' eyes as they're playing and they're wrestling. Like, you can tell when a kid is playing and when a kid's angry. Yeah, when the beast is coming yeah, out. Yeah, you, you'll see it in their eyes. And that's when I pull away. Yeah. And I'm like, You're, that's no. when That's when the bull elephant comes yeah. out. Yeah. When, when you watch, because you, you'll watch kids and, and, like, you know, kids, boys are going to wrestle around and stuff and it's fine. But then when you see that boy just... It just shifts. There's this shift, and it's very yeah. quick. But then that's when I step in because that's that's I don't know. That's important. Um, yeah. But it's hard. It's hard because because you see what's gonna happen. Yeah. Or you think you see what's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's like there's stories in the book about initiations where like the men like the boys would fast for forty days. Yeah. And it wasn't until they were fully broken down and like begging for food. That these elders would give them food. Yeah. Because it's not a breaking of a spirit. It's like... What is it? What is it that... I I wish I had the words for it. It's just... It's basic... I don't know. It's like... um, Man. I lost it. I lost what I was (laughs) going to say. but, but But there's a need to be in a place where... When you're in a place where, I don't know, there's something that happens when you're in the thick of something that feels out of control. Because then it's like you click into it, and then when you find the way through it, I mean, there's power in that. And I think elders know that because they've been through that. Like, we know what it's like for a kid to learn to, I don't know, put on his pants the right way. On like a three and a half year old level. Yeah. Because then there's power in that. Because then that kid knows what to do. Yeah. Right? There's power in potty training. Yeah. I know that's very simple. But a kid knowing to uh, listen not to... so much. But a kid knowing <laughs> to listen to their body and to go. There's that's power a big deal. in that. Yeah. You know? And so for like understanding that life is hard, it's understanding that... that it's the tools necessary to get you through the situation, yeah. not avoid the situation. Yeah, yeah. The smothering parent, mom or dad, can, can do so much harm mm-hmm. that, that thinks that they're making everything better. And but, I, I speak from experience. I've been through seasons of that. Yeah, because that is not life. It's yeah. the same thing with like parents who don't tell their kids no. And yeah. teach their kids the boundaries because this is not a boundaryless world. Mm-hmm. It is a world full of boundaries. Mm-hmm. And so f- taking all of the pain away will only cut the kids off from the knees. Yeah. Yeah. And so how do you introduce some, uh, navigate some like 
healthy stressors and pain so that and, and how can you do that in a way that's gradually built into your parenting and your relationship with your kiddo uh, a little more like that's a good that's a good question for, and it's it's subjective it's it's not like yeah. one, one answer for everybody yeah. but um remember, did you hear about the mom who got arrested or social services picked her up because she lived i think it's in chicago or something and she wanted her kid if she was to get lost to know how to get home so she took her to the metro in the middle of the city and they did this several times together like over months and then one day she had to do it by herself she took her down to the city said you're gonna ride this home so you know how to get home and she, i think she was eight mm-hmm. and she did it and then she got arrested what um the mom got arrested because she she they said i guess some neighbors reported did the kid something. make it home safe kid made it home um but that's like a, a an example of like in our culture like you know it's you just what where is the line between like where where kids can have like a healthy initiation and where oh we're just God, like we're just helicoptering and keeping them from finding their own independence. I think the line is if the woman was like, all right, here's a card, here's a map. I'll see you in two hours. No. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think it's, it's. I don't know. It's something to be, I think that's why we need to figure, you know, that's why the conversation about initiations is important. Yeah. Because what is it? What What is the thing? Because I think when you are initiated and whatever that means, and I hope that we figure, you know, have some sense of what that means. Yeah. There is a power and a participatory nature to your life. Yeah. That is. And there's something we haven't talked about, and maybe this is an ending of that. I'm not saying I'm ready to end, but bro, he, he stretches this heavy and I think it's so hard, but it's so important. You can only go as far as a parent as you've gone yourself and if you have not if you've not explored your own pain um and you've not gone through that journey yourself it's never too late and it's an important journey to take but if your kid doesn't see you doing that see you addressing your own pain you know that they're never going to learn how to do it themselves yeah he says yeah you can only pass on what you know yourself and i think that, that yeah this is a good place to stop because i think I think that's kind of that kind of sums up full circle that you know why I have I felt a need for this. What can you tell us? Like, how do you dress your pain, Roy? How do I dress how, my how pain? Have you, how have you found in your life that there's been some movement in you, like approaching your pain, and that's where the warrior spirit comes out. Like, that's true yeah. warrior right there. So, so how I used to deal with my pain was to not talk about it, to stuff it down. Uh, if there was any adversity or hardship in my life, um, it was because I probably caused it because I was, I'm not worthy. I'm less than like I've, I've, I've dealt with like situations in teaching and in jobs where like, I was like looked at as less than. And so then I would just be like, all right, yeah, you're right. Um, so with adversity, uh, I, I look at like, I was talking to this today. So, so I'm a math teacher who, um, in college it took me five semesters to pass one math class. Um, which always, I love to tell the story because it's hilarious. Um, but the reason I think that's so powerful is because when a kid is struggling with a math problem and they're losing their mind, like, yeah. So like, 
I've been through it. And so now I can like guide kids through that. Um, but right now dealing with my pain, it's all shifting. A lot of it is, is, I mean, I'm, I'm in a reconfiguring of life, um, to truly try to figure out what it is. I think for me, it's a lot of, um, trying to find healthy ways to, um, <coughs> more healthy ways to like express it. Uh, what I would do before would be like anger, breaking things, things like that. And now it's, it's running, it's working out. It's things like that to kind of get out my anger and frustration. Mm -hmm. Because I've found that the more that I do that, the clearer I can think. <coughs> Sorry, a lot of coughing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I did a lot of running as a kid i did a lot of avoidance as a kid and even up into my 20s um and these last 10 years have been a lot of like because i you know like for those of you that know or i mean don't know i mean i, I moved states away i left everything you know to follow a girl you know follow love but whatever but i, I basically was in a place where it's like all right well you're by yourself so I've had to like figure out ways of handling my pain that are different. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is just, I mean, going through it instead of around it. Yeah. 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 That's good, man. And it's, it's a lot of prep. It's a lot of, it's a lot of preparation. Like <coughs> I like run and work out so that I get aggression out so that I think clearer. Yeah. You know, and surely you can't do it alone. No, it's that's why I, I mean, that's why I, I pay a therapist a lot. <laughs> and it's also why I, I talk with my wife mm -hmm. and, and it and I think if there's one thing I think if like I've thought about what does it mean to be a man? I think it one thing being a man is understanding that you don't know it all and reaching out, mm. you know? Yeah. So. Would you be comfortable being real vulnerable on the end here and sharing like what is the most painful thing you're working through right now? <sighs> um, that I'm worthy to be happy. Hmm. Like that, if, if we're talking about what, like last Saturday I sat for 20 minutes and cried in my kitchen hmm. because I felt like a piece of shit. And that I don't deserve anything. Yeah, man, that is really courageous to say. Um, and it's because it's a program that... I was actually talking about this with a good friend of mine. Um, damn, we're, we're really getting into it. We're trying to close this shit. <laughs> but uh, because I think it's, it's interesting, we could talk about that. Um, so like everybody has imposter syndrome, right? Mm-hmm. This feeling that they're not worth anything, they're lose. You know, everybody has that. So I have that. So I, I, I think like this imposter syndrome for me is this little fire, right? And what church did, church was the gasoline. Mm. So what they did was they poured a whole bunch of gasoline on that, mm. and now it's this raging fire. And I'm, I'm unworthy of anything. Mm. And. uh 
that's the most painful thing I'm dealing with right now is, is yeah. working through that and uh, sharing that. Bro, I, I hope that you re- recognize how much courage it takes to say that on this public space that, yeah. but I also hope you realize like it, people are, I'm in the room right now, but people are going to be in the room as they listen later. Something shifts as you have the courage to talk, not not even just theoretically theoretically mm-hmm. about pain, but very personally vulnerable about it because people feel that. I feel that too. I feel some different struggles with pain, but that's that's one of the core of mine as well, the worthiness and the shame yeah. uh, of the past. And people who listen are going to feel that too. And just by you saying that, it, it helps to give power to the healing. Well, we're all wounded and on some level. And there's power in being wounded. And I've been thinking about the Lord of the Rings a lot in this because, bear with us, guys, but there's the scene in the Lord of the Rings where uh, Frodo is stabbed by the blade and he's dying. Right, and then the, the elf comes in and is able to heal him. But there's always the wound, and the wound will never go away. But the wound is also a reminder of what he went through and all of his stuff. And he's stronger because of what he went through. He's stronger because of that. Like he saved, you know, everything. So like, I t- I don't take it as a badge of honor that I feel this. This is my wound from my past and I'm going through it. And it's a reminder of what was. It's not a reminder of what is. Yeah. And I have to wrestle with that, but it's there. But I go through it. Because the more that we shut it down, the bigger it gets. Mm. And so that's something that I think it's only through you know it's only through the pain that you, that you find the healing through i don't know it sounds counterintuitive but it's through it it's experiencing yeah. it it's with with when someone dies when my dad died it's not avoiding the hurt it's recognizing that it's there mm-hmm. like but the wound deepened my my love for life the wound not love for life my wound deepen my understanding of life mm-hmm. and if we run from pain we're running from life if we run from pain we're running from i don't know man it's just it's so unsatisfying to talk about because there's no answer right we're still opened up to all of this but it but it's no it, it is satisfying because it's it's so rare that someone would share like that well, but I mean, unsatisfying is like, I'm not saying that like, because I've run through my pain that it's all better. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not, think, there's no A plus B equals C to this. Is this podcast in some way, one of the vehicles of working through some pain? Oh, sure. Yeah. The dozens of people that are listening are, are going to be like, <laughs> Nigel, sorry. <laughs> nah, the people that are listening, you know, it's like, I mean, you're listening to me just figuring this shit out. I'm I'm like most people that talk about this stuff talk about it like they have all the answers and I don't yeah, I'm just sharing yeah. you know 
and I think that so like yes life is hard and the world is mean sure but it's also amazing and beautiful and we have to have a healthy understanding of that if we're going to participate and move through this life and and have raised boys and girls who are who can understand that Mm -hmm. as well gotta go through it you do have to go through it so yeah as these as these episodes go on we're gonna dig deeper into this and um yeah andrew thanks for being on thanks for doing this yeah thanks Um, for being courageous and open and thanks for listening everybody you're you're courageous as well for coming on talk about this too yeah that's it's doesn't feel intimidating though it feels like uh kind of relish the chance man well yeah thank you guys for listening and you know Remember, I'm just a channel. I'm not the source. Hey. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. Peace to you. Peace to you. Right on.